everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. So Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and when you're there, say amen so we can go through this together. Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 5. This is what the Word of God says. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with what? Such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at what? That moment. The moment Jesus said, go, he was healed. Let's talk about great faith. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you for today. I pray, Lord, that today that you would continue to build our faith, strengthen our faith, strengthen our confidence in you. God, to be able to take another step of faith and to believe in you more and to trust in you more and to hope in you more. And Lord, that through this series, I pray that God, we would be strengthened in our faith. Lord, that we would want to tell everybody about who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. So Father, I pray today that you would touch my mind, touch my lips and touch my tongue. That I would be able to speak your word with boldness and clarity and directness of purpose. God, that I would penetrate through bone and marrow and the spirit would touch the heart, change the heart, transform the heart, and renew our mind, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. The Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 17, that faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. You have to have faith. In order to activate your faith, you have to put action behind it. You can't just have faith alone. You have to have faith and action. They both work hand in hand. Faith to the Christian is like gasoline in a car. If you don't have gasoline in your vehicle, you will not go anywhere. If you are stuck on E and your car runs out of gas, you will not be able to get from point A to point B. This is the same thing with, the faith, with faith in a Christian's life. If you do not have faith, you will not be able to get 
from point A to point B. You will not be able to stand here today and enter into your promise tomorrow. You have to have faith, believing, and trusting in God that he's going to get you to where he said he's going to get you. And I believe that he who began a good work in you and in us is faithful to complete it to the very end in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm confident in this one thing, that he who began a good work. I'm confident in this one thing, that he who began a good work in you from the start, he will finish it because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And we have to continue to cling to him and reach out to him and know that in any season, in any moment in our lives, Levi, that we're going to get to where God has called us to be and that he's going to heal us in a moment. He'll touch our lives in a moment and he'll get us to where he's calling us to go. But here's the thing. If we don't have faith and we don't act upon what God has given us inside, we'll never reach our destiny. We'll never reach our promise. Listen to what William Booth said, the founder of the Salvation Army. He once said, faith and works should travel side by side. Step answering to step, like legs of, a men, of men walking. First faith and then works. And then faith again and then works again. Until they can scarcely distinguish which is the one and which is the other. We have to continue. Just like he says, faith, you have to take a step. You have to take, just like when Jesus was on the midst of the water and he was walking on the surface of the water while the disciples were in the midst of a storm. And the Bible said that that Jesus, when they saw him from afar, that Jesus spoke to Peter and said, come here, Peter. And Peter took that step of faith out on the water and he began to walk towards Jesus. But then as soon as he started looking at the winds and the waves, what happened to Peter? He ended up sinking. But yet he had that step of faith. When Jesus says, come, that means we have to take a step. When he says, go, just like he told Abraham, one of the heroes of great, when he told Abraham, leave your country and go to a place where I'm I'm going to show you Abraham didn't just sit there he took a step and then he took another step and then if I remember correctly the Bible says that when Abraham got to a certain part where where God spoke to him he said walk the length and walk the breadth of this land that I'm going to give to you and to your ancestor he said walk it out because this is what I am going to give you and in our lives we have to understand that Paul says in Romans chapter 12 he says that each one of us have been given a measure of faith and it's up to us each and every day, how are we going to use that faith that has been given to us? What are you going to do with your faith with your faith today? What are you going to do with your faith tomorrow? When certain things come in your life and certain attacks come from the enemy and, and certain things, Things come against you and, and opposition is at hand. And what are you going to do with your faith? What is going to rise up? Is your flesh going to rise up first or is your faith going to rise up? Because let me tell you, sometimes the flesh wants to rise up first. Amen? Look, listen, I'm telling you, when somebody cuts you off out there in the parking lot or out there on the road when you're trying to get onto the highway, listen, it ain't faith. It's not Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, let's pray for that person right now. Is what, you know, what are you doing? Come on now. But listen, measure in Greek means metron. It's the controlling basis by which something is determined as acceptable or unacceptable. 
rooting, listen to this, rooting in the Lord himself as being the only ultimate measure of truth. So what does that mean? The measure that you have been given determines by how much faith you have in Christ. Does, does that make sense? So we all have a measure of faith. We just haven't tapped into it yet. See, the Bible says that you can move mountains and that faith just as small as a mustard seed. You can do just as greater things as Jesus did is what the word says that he said, I'm going to a place to prepare a place for you. He said, but you will be able to do greater things than I have. We if look, listen, here's the thing. We've been given a measure of faith, but we don't even use our faith that much each and every day. Why? Because if he said it just takes a little bit, just a mustard seed to 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 move mountains and to make things happen. Why aren't we doing it? Does that make sense? So how do we tap into that faith? When think, look, when things are going good in our lives, our, our faith is good. Right? When, when, when things are going good in our lives, our faith is good. I mean, when, when everything seems to be going right, oh, somebody asks you, how are you doing? How, oh, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. And then all of a sudden when you're going through a storm or something may happen to one of your family members or something may happen to you and, and you're sick in your body or, or you, you need healing or you need a promotion or you're, you're looking for, you know, financial freedom. Or you're something, this bill came in the mail out of nowhere and you, it, all of a sudden you're stuck. You're like, well, our faith diminishes. Right? It's like when things are going good in life, my faith is wonderful. But as soon as a storm comes, I don't know, Jesus. Jesus, are you going to be able to get me through this one, Jesus? I don't know how, how this is going to happen, Jesus. But watch this. Listen to me. Your faith shouldn't be determined by how think, good things are going, but by how great God is. Let me say that again. Your faith shouldn't be determined by how good things are going, but by how great God is. Because if you continue to live a life by your faith of how great things are going for you and good for you in that moment and in that circumstance, and anything comes your way, opposition and storms come your way, guess what? You've just been living by feelings the whole time, not by faith. Because you've just been living by how good you feel and how things have been going instead of living by your faith and trusting in God and believing in God. Even when you should have good faith when things are going good and you should have good faith when things are going bad. Even when things don't look like they're adding up and it looks like God's not making a way and it looks like things are struggling for you. You should still have faith enough to stand here and say, God, if you got me through it back then, I know you're going to get me through it now. If you can get me through any situation in my life back then, that's why Paul said to rejoice and again, I say rejoice. What does rejoice mean? It means that you have to go back into the past and remember what God did for you back then and then know that he can do it for you now. So if I rejoice, if I had joy back then, then I'm going to have joy now in the circumstance that I'm in right now, believing and trusting in God that he's going to get me through everything that I'm facing. Do you understand? There's two instances that Jesus told the disciples in the Bible, in the Gospels, you of little faith. The first one was when Jesus was sleeping in the boat and he told them we're going over to the other side and then the storm came and they were all afraid saying, we're going to drown, we're going to drown. And Jesus woke up and said, you of little faith, 
And then he rebuked the winds and the waves. The second time is when uh, Jesus had sent the, the disciples out two by two to heal the sick and heal, and heal those who were sick in their body. And then all of a sudden when that was over, when Jesus, they came back to Jesus, here came this man and this woman with their demon-possessed boy. And, and they said, Jesus, can you help my child because your disciples couldn't? And he, he looked at them and said, you of little faith, what, what is it going to take for me to put this in you to know that look, what I have given you is authority. I've given you, I've given you an anointing. I give, I've given you a calling. I've given you these things. You just have to learn how to tap into it. And once we can tap into the potential of our faith, it doesn't matter what comes our way. We can stand here and know that today that God will get us through every battle and every struggle and every circumstance that we face in our lives. Because it doesn't matter. We'll have that type of faith where, where King David, he wasn't even king yet. He was just still a little, a little boy when, when Goliath uh, came taunting the, the, the armies of Israel. And, 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 and David went to the battlefield and he was just bringing cheese to his brothers out there. And, and then he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine taunting the armies of God? And, and guess what? He tried to put on he tried to put on Saul's armor. It didn't fit. So he just ran out there with the only thing he knew was with a sling and a stone. But here's what the Bible says. It said he ran right. to the battlefield. I want the kind of faith that I'm not running away from circumstances and struggles and letting the enemy have precedent over things in my life and letting him beat me up and tear me down and tell me how unworthy I am and, and all this opposition coming my way. But the Bible says that David ran to the battlefield. I want to have that type of faith when the, look, when the enemy is coming against you, Mary, when the enemy is coming against you, Jimmy, when the enemy is coming against you, Frank and Angela, and when they're coming against you. I want to have that kind of faith where you can call me up at midnight and say, Pastor Ryan, I'm going through a struggle. And as soon as I hear that, I'm running right to the Lord. Because the Bible says that those who can come to him can come to him in boldness and approach his throne any time of day. It doesn't matter where you are. And I can believe and trust that God is going to answer our request and believe that he's going to do it. And see, so there's, there's, there, there's them two circumstances in life where, where Jesus, in the Gospels, where Jesus told them, you of little faith. And the first one happened to the disciples. And then the, the second one happened to, to somebody else. And, and so that's the same thing in our lives, that there's two circumstances in our life that our faith will be tested. What? Personally, it'll be tested within us. And then secondly, it'll be tested with those that we love or somebody that we come in contact with. And we have to understand that in the midst of that and in the, in the midst of those struggles, whether we're struggling personally or we're trying to pray for somebody individually, we have to believe by faith, knowing and trusting and believing and having confidence in God, knowing that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. He said, where any two or three gather in my name, it shall be done and that he will do it. He said, if you ask me, you shall receive it. If you knock on the door, it shall be open. This is the kind of faith that we must have and know that in, in our lives that we can trust God and believe that he's going to do everything that he said he's going to do in our lives. So now we get to our scripture here and Jesus just got done preaching 
the greatest uh, sermon in history called the Sermon on the Mount. We all know that one. We've all read it. And so now after he left the mountainside and he preached the Sermon on the Mount, he came down the mountainside and a man met him with leprosy. And then he, he asked him, Lord, if you're willing to make, uh, to, to make me whole, will you do it? And, he, and Jesus said, I am willing. And he touched him and he, 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 came, he began to be healed. And then now we have another man approach him as Jesus, the Bible says, is entering into the city of Capernaum. A centurion comes to him. What is a centurion? A centurion is an officer of the army. The word centuria in Greek means 100. So essentially back then in the Bible days, a centurion army officer would have 100 soldiers underneath him. And he was of the highest of rank. Mary. He was, he was of the highest of rank. He, he could call the shots and he could call the commands out there on the battlefield. Yet, he was also the one who dressed differently than all the other soldiers so that way he could stand out, uh, uh, stand out from the other soldiers and that they would, on the midst of the battlefield, would be able to see him fighting because he would actually wear a different helmet than all the other soldiers. So, when they would be able to look, they would see, okay, I can have confidence because uh, we're still fighting this battle, but I still see my commander out there uh, fighting with me. And, and so he would also, uh, the, these, these, um, these, these officers were also the first ones on the front lines. They would also be the first one out there on the battlefield. So when it came down to crunch time, he was always the one out there out in the front. And now he comes to a place in his life where he says that, I have this servant at home that's paralyzed. Jesus, can, can, you, can, you, can you do something about it? And this is what Jesus asked him. He says, do you want me to come and heal him? And he says, no, I'm not even worthy for you to even come under my household. He said, but just, just say the word. Just say the word, and I know that it will be done because I'm a man under authority as well. And when I, when I tell this one to go, that one goes. And when I tell this one to do something, that one does it. So now he's at a place in his life where he used to be, where he was the commander and he was telling people to go. And now, now isn't it humbling to him? Now he has to come to somebody else and say, hey, can you do this for me? And now Jesus is the one telling him to go. Because now he's understanding that he has faith in this other commander in chief, knowing that when we put our trust in him, that if, look, he, he, all we have to do is just say, Jesus, just say the word and it can be done. Yeah. Jesus, just do it and it'll be done. And, and, and God will do whatever you ask of him to do. And so now he has this servant that's at home that's paralyzed. And like I said, the roles have been reversed. He's the one usually giving the command, but now he's meeting the one who's giving the command. But I want to take this a little deeper because in our lives, the only way to have great faith is, and what I want to talk about, is that we have to understand that just like this centurion had somebody at home paralyzed that Jesus needed to come and touch and heal, there's things in our home 
that needs to be healed and that's paralyzed. That's just sitting there lying dormant and that we're not doing anything about it. And I'm not talking about maybe physically at home. I'm talking about spiritually within ourselves that the Bible says that we are the temple, that we house the Holy Spirit, that we have this vessel that we have this treasure in earth and vessels that this this treasure that we have that with inside of us each of us has something that we're we're struggling with and 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 this centurion had a servant at home that was paralyzed and i think that one of the the greatest things that is lacking in the church today is just exactly what jesus said he said i didn't come to be served but i came to serve. And just like the centurion had a servant at home that was paralyzed, I think that we all have a servant inside of us that's paralyzed because we all like coming to church, but we don't like doing anything. We like coming to church. We like hearing the music. We like, look, I'm going somewhere now. Y'all don't like this, do you? Look, we all like coming to church. We like hearing the bells and the whistles. But as soon as somebody says, we're having a meeting to go out to feed the homeless. And then all of a sudden, the day comes to do it. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't be there. This is hitting home, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm... And then all of a sudden, we plan something to do a big community outreach. Look, don't, don't, don't let me convict. Look, the Holy Spirit convicts, not me, baby, okay? So listen. But see, that I believe that that's one of the greatest things that lacks in the church today is that we don't have any servants. We, we come to be served. We didn't come to serve. So when we come to be served, we just sit in a pew. We just sit in a chair and we just listen to the words on the, on the, on the, on the, on the uh, projector. And we just, we just listen to the, to the voices and we just listen to the preacher because we want to be served. Come and serve me. That's, that's, you know, some of these churches out there, and that's good. It's great. I'm, I'm glad they do it. And, and I understand why they do it. And, and I have nothing against them. But, you know, the, people go to church to be served because as soon as you walk up to the door, they're handing out chocolate donuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's great. I mean, yes, approach me with a chocolate donut. I'll, I'll eat a donut. There's nothing wrong with it. But I, I think that we've, we've switched and reverse the roles of what coming to church really is all about. Because if I read it from a standard of the book of Acts, I mean, they were just in fellowship and in prayer and in the breaking of bread together. And the Bible says that when they continued to do that, that they all of them went without, you know, they all had what they needed. And then the Bible says that they that God added to their number daily. See, it's about us coming together, fellowshipping together. But what did they do after that? They were walking the streets. And Peter was walking the streets. Even Bible says that when Peter would just walk by people, his shadow was healing people. I mean, he was, they were going out telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I feel like that we're being too selfish as a people coming to church and we're holding Jesus all to ourselves. When there's people that are out there that are dying, there's people that souls are hanging in the balance and they're on the precipice and not knowing which way to turn and they're hanging on the fence. And it's up to us, the faithful, the remnant, those who trust, those who believe and are faithful to the Lord and go out there and reach those people who are dying, reach those people who are hurting, reach those people who are broken. See, the thing about coming to church is, is you come to church to get fueled up to go out there to tell somebody about who Christ is. That's what it's about. And then you continue to tell people, and then that's how the church is 
built. That's how the church's daily, daily numbers, you know, are growing. That's, that's, what, that's what Jesus said. He said, I didn't come to, to be served. I came to serve. And I think that's what we have to get in our minds. We, we have to understand, okay, God, I need you to help me in this area of my life. But just say the word. But see, in order for him to tell, in order for him to say the word, we have to be specific with what area he needs us. We need healing in our lives, because there's some things in our hearts, there's some things in our lives where we've been hurt by people, we've been church hurt, we've been hurt by our best friends, you know, we've been hurt by family members, and those are some of those things that are holding us back from stepping into that calling that God has for our lives. Because here's the thing. Sometimes in our lives that when, when we're held back by those certain things, it causes us not to step into the full potential of who God has created us to be. Because guess what happens? We have insecurity. So I'm going to stay back here because I'm afraid to take that step of faith, right? Because I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt again. Or I'm afraid that you know, I might not measure up to who people think I am, incompetence. Or I might not be really who God called me to be. And then the devil's speaking lies. But, but think about this. Think about the, the faith of the centurion. By, look, you go to the book of Hebrews and you see all the heroes of great. Abraham. I mean, you see, you see all, you can read them. You see all of them listed, right? You don't see this guy there. But he's somebody who had great faith. Nowhere else in the Bible did Jesus say to anybody else, this man had great faith. He had great faith. So here's the thing. When that centurion left his house where that servant was to go find Jesus, he was taking a step. He was going, I'm stepping this thing out. I believe each step he took, he said, I got faith. I got faith. I believe. I believe. I'm confident. I'm confident. And see, that's what we have to get in our lives. Each step that we take in this walk with God, we have to continue to tell ourselves that I'm confident in God. I have faith in God. I believe I am who God says I am. I am worthy. Because see, there's things in our lives we need. We are a people that are an emotional people. We need each day to be told that we are worthy. At least I do anyway. You know, you know, what's your, ask your, ask your spouse, what's your love language, honey? Look, I want you to touch me and give me words of affirmation all day long. That's my, that's my love language. And, and so we have to get to what we got to get in ourselves that each step that we take, this centurion, even though he had a servant at home, I mean, he could have been dying for all he knew. After he left the house, he could have been dead. By the time he reached Jesus. But no, the reason why he had great faith is because he took that step. Believing when he found Jesus, he didn't even have to come to my house. I just needed him to just say a word. And when he said the word, he was healed. But here's the, here's the key. Here's the secret. Are you ready for the secret? Are you ready? James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And we're going to wrap this up. James chapter 1. Starting in verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, 
Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Watch this. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. That's the secret. You must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not accept to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all, they, in all they do. Here's why that man had great faith, and this is how you can have great faith. The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is doubt. And the only way to have great faith is to not doubt. <laughs> you can't doubt what God is going to do in your life. Even though the situation and circumstance looks like God isn't doing anything in your life, you continue to trust and believe that though you may not see, because the Bible says that we walk by faith, not by Right. So therefore, we have to trust and believe even when it looks like God isn't doing anything around us. God is still moving the pieces and aligning the circumstances in our lives to meet his will. As though they are. That's what we have to do and continue to speak and prophesy and know that God you're going to fill these chairs up. God, you're going to build our faith. God, you're going to reach those out there that are broken. We're going to reach those that are hurting. We're going to reach those that are discarded. And when we continue to speak life and believe without doubting, because let me tell you something. Hello? I'm probably one of the biggest doubters you'll meet. Seriously. Just being, can I be transparent? I mean, I'm like Thomas. I'm like, Thomas, Jesus, you didn't really go to the cross and raise again. And then Jesus said, touch my hands. Read it in the Gospels. It's in there. He said, touch my side. And from that day forward, he didn't doubt again. And he believed in God. You see, because sometimes some of us, we have to walk by sight to have faith. We have to touch and feel that it's real in order to have faith. But isn't faith the opposite? Faith is you don't see anything, but it's going to happen. <laughs> faith is, though it may not look like it, God's making a way. And then all of a sudden, that struggle and that pity party that we were putting ourselves through and everything that we were going through, and then all of a sudden God comes through and he's like, I told you, if you would have just waited and, and if you would have just stopped complaining and if you would have just stopped worrying and if you would have just stopped doubting, you know, you would have seen what I was going to do. But God is so gracious and so loving that the Bible says he withholds no good thing from those whom he loves because no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men what God has prepared for those who love him. 